0: Welcome to the podcast, With All Your Mind, hosted by me, Rachel Grimm. We're here to help understand the Bible with cultural and historical context, linguistic info, and other cool stuff. Enjoy. All right, good afternoon, guys. This is Rachel, yet again, and this is With All Your Mind, and we're continuing on. I promise this will end. <laughs> I feel like it's been going on for a while that we're talking about the names of God, titles and roles of God. And this will be the third straight episode that we mention Messiah. And this will be the last one that we talk about Messiah, at least for, at least for a little while. I didn't anticipate talking about it for 3 episodes, but this last one that we're going to do that mentions the Messiah, it's it's necessary. You, you have to wrap up by talking about Jesus because he is the Messiah. Um, so we're not going to d- just talk about Jesus. We're going to talk about his whole name, his titles, and his name, and, and just every way that you can reference Jesus that we typically do. We're going to put it all together. And I think the first time... I saw this all together written. It was in my Bible, um, the title page for the New Testament in my Bible. It says, the New Testament of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And when I looked at that, I was like, yeah, that's that's everything. And then I started to like really think through, huh, what does all of that mean? And what does it say about Jesus? No, This is something that I've heard since childhood, right? You know, Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior, because it's a part of the sinner's prayer, too. You ask Jesus to come into your heart and be your Lord and Savior. Um, So there's just lots of different ways that we see this. Um, But there's so much meaning and so many titles and roles in that name that it's really good to just sit down and think through what they all mean. And this is something that I've taught on multiple times. So this is not new to me. But having gone through the Messiah info so much, I have extra things that it just it added even more to it for me. So what are we doing today? The full name and title and all the roles of Jesus. Um, And I'm sure you know, I shouldn't say all the roles because I'm not a theologian and I don't, you know, I'm not going to be super complete on this. So we've already talked about parts of it, right? We haven't really talked about Jesus except for how to say his name in Hebrew, Yeshua. Uh, We talked about Christ being the same as Messiah, and we'll just add a little bit more onto that. Lord, we've talked about. Savior, we have not talked about, so we're going to be slight reviewing a little bit of uh, Christ and Lord, but then Jesus and uh, Savior. We're going to add in even more information on those two. So we're going to start off by just talking about what is Jesus's name? How would he have been referred to in first century Palestine? Right. So his first name, Yeshua, Jesus we say jesus because that name comes to us through latin and greek um the greek pronunciation would be Iesus, and latin changed that to (laughs) the y well the i (laughs) the i changed to y changed to j right because that's simple so we end up with jesus from Jesus which comes from Yeshua which comes from Yehoshua but we'll get into that later so we have Jesus that's his first name there weren't really formal last names in first century Palestine he would have probably been referred to as Yeshua Jesus Yeshua ben Yosef ben son of Joseph and so that's how people were referred to and so you when you see in genealogies um Jesse, son of what was his father Salmon and then David son of Jesse blah 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 they're actually kind of giving you last names because they're giving you a family origin and that's how people would have been referenced so Jesus's name would have probably just been Yeshua Ben Yosef um, Jesus son of Joseph so the rest Christ, Lord, and Savior are all titles. They have nothing to do with how people would have known him in his everyday life. So I just wanted to clear that up before you start talking about Christ being Jesus' last name. I know that's like a third grade joke, but, you know, still wanted to put it out there. So Jesus, the name Jesus, where do we get that name? What does it mean? Um, And why do the Messiah this really super important figure, end up with this name. Is there significance to this name? We're going to get into all that stuff. We first know that it was not just randomly picked out by Mary and Joseph to name their firstborn son. The angel Gabriel came to both Joseph and Mary independently and told them to call their baby Jesus. And I often wondered, you know, before I could, I really study this before I knew Hebrew, like, why Jesus? Like, is there something really special about that name? Like, maybe it would be better if his name was Adam or Moses or David, you know, kind of some other meaning. I don't know. And then I read a lot of books and now I know a lot more and I can't talk about it because it would be too much. But we'll, we'll hit the, the main points. So first of all, Jesus, Yeshua, in first century Palestine was actually a really common name. It was not, um, let's see, a name. Like we have Joshua's and David's and um, what's another really common name? You know, Bob and Fred. Generations tend to have really common names. Yeshua in Jesus' time was pretty, pretty common. It was not a weird name to have. It was not a special name to have. It wasn't like Melchizedek or something like that where we only hear about one of those guys. It was very common. And it comes from the name Joshua. So I'm going to say them in English and then I'm going to say them in Hebrew. Joshua, Jesus. Yehoshua, Yeshua. Uh, Joshua is just Yehoshua, And Jesus is Yeshua. It just takes out one syllable in the middle of the word. And you end up with Yeshua. It looks a lot different in English, Joshua, Jesus. Um, But in Hebrew, it's just taking out one syllable from the middle. And what happened was, um, so the first time we hear about a Joshua is Joshua, son of Nun, or son of Nun. And um, what book is he first in? Is he in? He's not in. See in Genesis, Exodus, <laughs> you know, somewhere in there in the Old Testament. He was Moses' right hand man and he became leader of Israel once Moses died. He lived about a thousand years before Jesus. So, a thousand years' time between the name Joshua, the first time we hear about it, and Jesus, which I think we have other Jesuses in the Bible in the Old Testament. We definitely have them in the New Testament. What happened was that just the name changed over time. The spelling changed. It got shortened in the same way that that we kind of have nicknames. Um, Same thing happened with Joshua. There was still Joshua. There was still Yehoshua around. That name was still used, but probably not as much And Yeshua was used much more often. The meaning, so, okay, let me start in the right spot. The name Yeshua was still considered to be Yehoshua. Like, if somebody is named uh, Maggie and their name is Margaret, If they're called Maggie, you still know that their name is Margaret. You just know that it's a shorter version, right, to making it a little bit easier or you like the sound of it better or whatever the thing is. With Yeshua and Yehoshua, they were still considered the same name, kind of like a nickname. So even though the angel Gabriel told Mary and Joseph, call him Yeshua, they would have had the name Yehoshua, Joshua, in mind and the meaning of it in mind. And it wouldn't have been totally separated, like a totally different name. So what is the meaning of Yehoshua and what is the meaning of Yeshua, Joshua, and Jesus? Um, everywhere it says that the meaning of Yeshua is the same as the meaning of Yehoshua. So the meaning of Yehoshua is Yahweh is salvation. So the name of God, our God, the covenant-keeping God of the Bible, Yahweh is salvation that's what Yehoshua means so when people would hear the name Yeshua they would assume oh Yeshua that's the name Yehoshua it's Yahweh is salvation that would be the meaning that Jesus name has here's the interesting thing that once I learned this I was like wait (laughs) can't we think about this too a little bit the word for salvation in Hebrew is just Yeshua Jesus' name is Yeshua. The word for salvation is Yeshua. The only difference is that the word for salvation is feminine. It has an H on the end of it. And Jesus' name does not have that H on the end of it. So now, in my mind, this is how I always think. And I've never seen this written anywhere, but I can't imagine this, you know, (laughs) people totally blanking on this. When people said Jesus' name in 1st century Palestine, Yeshua, they would have had in mind the, the Joshua connection, Yahweh or Jehovah, is salvation. But I can't help but think that if they were just yelling out his name, like, Yeshua, where's your dad? It just sounds like them saying salvation. So I can't help but think that when Jesus' name was said, you you had to think of the word salvation too, because it was the same word. So that's my little thing. I've never seen that written anywhere or talked about anywhere, even though it's just one of those simple facts. Maybe it's too simple and maybe I'm missing something. So I don't know what to do with that fact. So now I'm giving it to you so that you don't know what to do with it either. Um, I tried to find, I asked people, you know, I actually asked somebody that, um, that that knows his stuff he's like a theologian like isn't jesus name just salvation he's like no it's not that simple what i should have asked is when when people said his name in first century israel would they have thought of the word salvation i can't you know why not why wouldn't you at least sometimes anyway so there's my little soapbox thing so okay so that's the meaning of Jesus and Joshua. So the meaning of Jesus is Yahweh is salvation. His name when you said it, just the simple word would be the same as the word for salvation, which I think is pretty cool. Another fun fact is that there were some prophecies in the Old Testament, at least one prophecy that people connected Joshua to the messiah and so that it's made it f- seem like made people think that maybe the messiah would have the name yehoshua or yeshua so jesus here's something that i've been learning <laughs> if there was a prophecy about the messiah or pretty much anything that could reference the Messiah it seems like Jesus fulfilled every single little thing even if it was like marginal where not everyone even believed that it was a messianic prophecy does that make sense This one little prophecy that said something about uh, having a second Joshua people were like oh maybe that means that the Messiah would have the name Joshua um it was almost like God was like, sure, we can do that too. <laughs> and he just threw the, everything, including the kitchen sink, at proving that Jesus was the Messiah and having him fulfill every single prophecy. So I haven't found much information about that one prophecy, and I forget even what the reference was, so sorry. I'll maybe put it into the notes later. But even some people uh, expected the Messiah to have the name Yeshua or Yehoshua not a big one not a well-known one but it's in there all right so the name yeshua it has significance it tells us about jesus it says that yahweh is salvation and it's it makes us think about salvation that's a pretty good name for a messiah to have i think so moving on to christ jesus christ which is messiah Christ is Greek for the anointed one or anointed one, an anointed one. Messiah is just the Greek pronunciation for Meshiach, which is the Hebrew word for it. So Christ, Messiah, and Meshiach are all the same thing, and they all mean an anointed one. So the Christ, which is Jesus Christ, was the anointed one, the Messiah who was known as a, or expected to be, a great political and religious leader who would come to set Israel right among the nations. Uh, So there were lots of both political and religious connotations with the Messiah or the Christ. So some people, uh, depending on how they thought about it and how they studied it, kind of divided that role of an anointed one into a priest and a king the new testament talks about jesus being both a priest and a king a king uh, coming to conquer and then also a a priest according to the line of melchizedek Um, so there are different mashiachs in the bible not all of them are talking about jesus so the weirdest one is cyrus of persia uh, we hear of him in Daniel, Ezra, and Second Chronicles. He is the one that allowed for the rebuilding of the temple. And Isaiah forty five one says, Thus says the Lord to his anointed, to his Mashiach, to Cyrus, whose right hand I have held. So when you throw, so here's a pot, you know, like a pot of people that are called a Mashiach, an anointed one priests were called anointed ones kings were anointed ones and cyrus who was a king but in the sense where god is talking about cyrus being anointed he's talking about him being chosen and dedicated to a task he was not just anointed because he was a king he was a pagan king he was a foreign king he was not a king of israel he didn't follow like he didn't follow god the idea i wanted to bring up with this is If Cyrus was anointed and priests and kings were anointed, how was Jesus differently anointed? What made him the Mashiach instead of Cyrus or King Saul or King David? If Christ or Messiah only means anointed one, and we use that word, what was it 39 times in the Old Testament to refer to different people so how was an Old Testament priest or king different from Jesus? How was Cyrus different from Jesus? The difference is basically with expectations of the person and prophecies and circumstances involving when they would come and when they would reign and what they would do. So Cyrus was commissioned to a particular task by God. He, he allowed for the rebuilding of the temple Um, This was after the Babylonian captivity when the southern kingdom of Judah was taken away captive to Babylon. The temple was destroyed. All of Jerusalem was destroyed. It was just like leveled. And most of Judah had been taken captive and taken to Babylon. And Babylon was conquered by the Medes and the Persians. And Cyrus the Persian, he came in and they asked, can we rebuild the temple? And he was the guy that said, sure, go ahead. And God anointed him to allow for that to happen. So God chose him. He dedicated him to his task. It brings up all sorts of weird topics like God using people that don't even respect him. You know, there's all sorts of stuff. My point is that the word anointed is used about him just to mean, hey, I am going to use you for this particular thing. And that's how kings and priests in the Old Testament were anointed. They were anointed for a lifetime, which is a big difference from Cyrus. Um, But they were anointed for particular tasks. Jesus, on the other hand had a whole role and it was for life it was but he his life is not a mortal life right it's not a temporary life he is god he is eternal so his role lasts forever and his role fits into a setting a circumstance and these prophecies that are very particular when you look at those prophecies about Jesus and the messianic prophecies and we'll talk we talked about them a lot already so i'm not going to go into them again he is god's chosen leader and god's right-hand man and turned out to be god himself that's a very particular set of circumstances so that it cannot be replicated in any other person the other point that i wanted to make is that With a Christ or Messiah or Mashiach, any one of those, you know, if we talk about Mashiach, it's kind of a more general idea. Christ is very particular because we were referencing just Jesus in the New Testament when we talk about Christ and Messiah. When it comes to those people and to Jesus as being the Christ in particular, it means being picked out. It means to be anointed, means to be chosen and then dedicated. It's not like um, random people were selected and then they got a job and God anointed them. He's like, oh, let's use the, the randomizer here and we'll just pick a person out at random. He chose the person and then they were anointed. Saul was chosen very particularly. David was chosen very particularly. Jesus was chosen very particularly. And so that means somebody chose him. God chose him. Okay, so anointed to a particular task, but anointed by who? By God. So what we're going to do as we go through these names and titles of Jesus is that we're going to kind of um, take his names and titles and what they mean and start to build a whole package of meaning. So with Jesus, his name means Yahweh is salvation. When you add in the idea of Christ or Messiah, the the idea we get with the names of jesus and what they mean is that now he is yahweh's anointed salvation isn't that cool (laughs) i love that yahweh's anointed salvation it's getting cool all right so next up is lord uh we talked about lord a lot in the second episode um and we talked about big lord and little lord yahweh And Adonai, one the first one Yahweh is the name of God, and Adonai was a title of respect. Now we're talking about Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior in the New Testament, which means we're using the word Kyrios, Kyrios, which is just Lord, and it covers both Yahweh and Adonai. The word Kyrios in the New Testament is just a blanket term that covers over the name of God and a title of respect, so that when people use the word Kyrios or Lord in the New Testament, they might be saying God, or they might be saying Sir or Master. There's a whole range of meanings there, and context determines the meaning. So, who could be called Sir? You know, we're going to try and define who could be referred to by Kyrios or sir or lord or master well it could be any man um, but particularly somebody that you were giving respect to and a it could be a master or a boss a slave owner a governor a king or god somebody in authority was given this name or this title rather With Jesus receiving this name, we know that it got all of those meanings. It got um, king. It got master. It got um, slave owner. We are slaves to righteousness, right? And it got God. So what this tells us is our relationship to Jesus, that he is our authority and deserves our respect. If we're just going to keep it simple, that's that's pretty decent right there. He is our authority and we need to respect him. That's a little <laughs> that's a little intimidating sometimes like, oh man, have I always been respectful? <laughs> and it's a good thing to think about, right? So that's that's it for Lord because we talked about it so much in the second episode. I'm not going to do it all again. So, we have Jehovah's or Yahweh's anointed salvation who is god that's what we have so far when we put together jesus christ and lord next up savior this is our last one and this is the simplest one so we're saving the simplest for last because the meaning in english hebrew and greek are all pretty much the same savior meaning someone who saves and so i just looked up in the dictionary you know what kind of meanings can we say for save Like what kind of extra connotation or layers of meaning can we add on there? Because it's a word that we use a lot, and that makes it a little bit, (laughs) it makes it harder to understand sometimes when it's such a familiar word. So I'm going to give a couple of definitions. Uh, To save, meaning to keep safe from harm, to keep from forgetting, to store up for future use, like you save your money, Or to rescue. I think rescue is a good word for how we usually mean it. And I was thinking about this that, and this was not a word I found in the dictionary for it or a phrase or definition, but whenever we save something, we have to take deliberate action to keep it safe or to rescue it because everything devolves to chaos, to disorder, and to loss. So that if we don't take deliberate action, something will get ruined or lost or attacked or whatever. And you know this, especially if you have children, you have to keep things safe. You have to take deliberate action or things will get ruined. So you're constantly making decisions about what do I particularly um, guard or protect out of all of this stuff in my house to keep it safe from my kids, because if I don't save it... (laughs) it will get ruined or abused or whatever. So you have to take deliberate action. So the word deliberate got really stuck in my head when I was thinking about savior, that God had to take real deliberate action to save humanity, because he could have just let everything run its course and it would have just gone to chaos and disorder and madness, you know, in no time. But God is the one that was like, hmm, take deliberate action or not, And he chose deliberate action. So the context for humanity there, humanity is destined for destruction. Deliberate action needs to be taken to keep us from that result. Humanity was originally designed and intended to rule with God. That's why we were in the Garden of Eden. That's why Adam and Eve were there anyway. I was never there. Because that was where they had the greatest, you know, fellowship, communion, Um, Just hanging out with God That they didn't need to call him up or pray They could just walk with him in the garden And God was giving Adam tasks Name the animals Like that's a lot of authority to name all the animals That's pretty cool I don't think I'd want that job I'm not that creative with naming I'm pretty horrible (laughs) with naming I think But humanity started out with the intention That we would rule and reign with God have authority with him. God wanted that. He wanted somebody to work with him and be with him. And then Adam and Eve decided not to trust God and kind of just kind of do things their own way, kind of like, oh, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Um, Yes. And here's the thing, they could have just asked. (laughs) They could have just asked for more knowledge because All through the Bible, it talks about wisdom being a good thing and ask. Now, James says, if you lack wisdom, ask and God will give it to you. So the knowledge is not a bad thing. It was them taking it. They took an authority. They decided that they knew better than God or didn't trust him at the very least. And that was rebellion. And that destroyed the partnership that they already had. So what that resulted in was that humanity was destined for destruction. They destroyed what, um, what relationship they had with God. And that was because of sin and sin, man, we're going to, so many topics we need to talk about. We will talk about sin (laughs) in another episode. Um, but the point is that sin is something wrong done against God. And so only God can forgive sin. Therefore, The Savior, again, a second name, a second title that proves it, the Savior had to be God. Only God can rescue from sins, and that is what is destroying humanity. So a Savior has to be God. There's just no other way. Like if it's against, it's an offense against God, only God can take that away. All right, so we now have. Yeah, we're just going to go through it a piece at a time first. Um, But first of all, the path to salvation is to accept who Jesus is and what he did. So we're going to go through these names. Jesus, which comes from Joshua, Yehoshua and Yeshua, Jehovah or Yahweh. Sorry, I'm just throwing so many Y and J names at you. I didn't mean to do that. Okay, Jesus, his name means Yahweh is salvation. Jesus brings Yahweh's salvation. He is the source and conduit for it, okay? Christ, Messiah, Mashiach, God anointed and chose Jesus to be his salvation, the, the salvation that he would offer to people. So God chose him, and then God offers him to us. We then need to accept the offering we need to choose him as well god chose and then we choose as well i don't get to pick my own salvation is the point of that and then lord which can has the dual meaning of god and master or authority which if we put it all together if we take all of it jesus is the master the boss the overseer the owner the slave owner the, the king, the ultimate authority, whatever, you know, whatever word works for you to, sh- to kind of get in your brain, ultimate authority, one that there's nobody else. Like he's the final appeal. That's Jesus. So if I don't submit, then I'm just rebelling against the ultimate authority, which is both pointless and straight up rebellion. Last one, savior, to save, to take deliberate action, to keep safe or rescue, Jesus saves us from ultimate destruction. Um, and I really like how he also he, he saves in the big picture, but he also saves in the small picture as well, like daily with the, what do you need rescue from today? There's hope for that through Jesus because hope is both a short term and a long term thing. And that's another thing we need to do an episode on hope. So anyway, if we put it all together, right? Yeshua, uh, Yahweh's chosen salvation, the ultimate authority, and the rescuer from destruction. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Um, that's Jesus. So whenever you think about the the full name and title of Jesus, Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior. It's really cool to think through what all of those things mean. They give you a complete picture of our relationship to God and what he does for us through Jesus, who he chose to do those things for us. He, he chose Jesus to be the conduit for salvation and our authority. Um, a lot of cool stuff in there. So um, there's all sorts of things that you can then start thinking of from that point. Um, And when I taught this as a Bible study, I would really go into, like, what did Jesus save you from particularly? Which is a really interesting question because then it goes into your particular um, personality and quirks and... um, The negatives that you have, like um, the things that get you down or get you angry or whatever the thing is, however your personality works, that's how Jesus saved you. He saved you from something, right? He saved you from ultimate destruction. But the way, the road that I was taking to that ultimate destruction is different from the road that somebody else was taking (laughs) to ultimate destruction. But he saves us both from ultimate destruction and the need to stay on that road to begin with. And that looks different from every, you know, everyone has a different little path that they're taking that's just shot to, you know, a mess. (laughs) (laughs) When I taught this as a Bible study, I would often ask, you know, what did Jesus save you from? What, and I'll, I'll tell you my answers so that it's not weird and just hanging out there. He saves me from hopelessness and despair I, I can get down and I can get depressed. And that's one of the things that I need to be saved from because it does not happen naturally. I don't just, you know, go for a walk and it goes away. You know, I need, <laughs> I need something better than a walk. So there's all sorts of things that you can think of from this point about um, what kind of authority does Jesus have in your life? Um, what kind of authority do you see him as when God chose him as savior and as Messiah? Does that matter to you? Does it matter that he chose Jesus? Does that have any other little, you know, you can just take off with it. Saving. What has Jesus saved you from? What does he save you to? Like what, what hope do you have in, you know, as David says in the Psalms, in the land of the living, you know, we don't just hope because we have salvation and we're going to heaven when we die, yay, And then, but all of life is crap. When we don't have that. We have hope in the land of the living, or at least we should. There's stuff to be saved too, you know. So there's just all sorts of things that you can keep on thinking about from this point. Um, and I just love names. I, I really like how names give us extra meaning and more things to think about. And names in the Bible are super important. So don't disregard a name. It might have extra meaning in there that will give you a deeper understanding of things. And Jesus' name and his titles definitely do that. So that's where I'm going to stop. This is a tiny bit shorter than some of my other episodes. And I'm going to not ruin it by rambling. So I'm going to stop there. All right? Have a good day, guys. I'll talk to you later. Bye.